prejudice and discrimination on the basis of physical traits of the person what is new in this we all know this definition right what is the use of knowing this literal meaning when our when we discriminate between black and white in 21st century also racism or discrimination based on race or ethnicity is a key contributing factor in the onset of disease it is also responsible for increasing disparities in physical and mental health among black indigenous and people of color in a racist society it is not enough to be non racist we must be anti racist with this beautiful quote with this beautiful quote i would like to welcome our today's guest colin thompson welcome on the show colin hey ashraj thank you for having me it's great to be here talk to somebody in india about racism a lot of times especially now in 2020 the topic is brought up just really by people who live in the united states because people think that's where the main issues are but from my experiences and stories that i've heard my friends tell me racism takes place all over the world so thank you for having me on your podcast absolutely thank you so much colin so i would like to request the listeners to sit back relax and enjoy this beautiful conversation on racism and getting some tips from the, from colin on life Colin is the founder of Allgay Enterprises and helps individuals through business training and personal development and career transition coaching. Today, he is here to give us some insightful information on positivity and self-confidence. Apart from this, we will talk about the major issue of racism. So Colin, I heard your story of immigrating to the US from Canada at an early age going through ups and downs and finally ending up in Shanghai China as a great inspirational value what actually happened like why you changed different countries and how did you manage these things yeah so to give some background to your audience um i am as you mentioned i am currently living here in Shanghai China i've been here for 12 years and my move to Shanghai China was deliberate meaning i made an active effort to get from the us to go abroad when i was 8 um, years old my family moved from toronto canada to the united states and prior to moving to canada my family was in jamaica um, i'm sure you've heard of jamaica um it's a very fa- it's a small island where usain bolt is from Now here in China if I say Jamaica they have no idea what I'm talking about but if I say the track runner Usain Bolt they know Jamaica so my parents left left China I thought left Jamaica first went to Canada and from Canada they went to the US now I, I want to share with you the purpose of the immigrating from Jamaica to Canada and quite frankly it was for a better life for more opportunity for their family same thing going from Canada to the US Canada is a great country. Canada has a lot of rich resources and a lot of people work hard to get to Canada to immigrate to Canada. My father always wanted to reside in the US. Uh, I think primarily because globally the US is the land of opportunity and it is quite frankly. So when I was 8 years old, I didn't have much control over <laughs> going from Canada to the US. But I can say that my family did it. My parents did that because they wanted to give the kids the best opportunity they've had. I know a lot of my Indian friends also who have left India 
to go to Canada. Um, so I know that people believe that North America does provide more opportunity and perhaps it'll be also because it's not as populated. I know some of my Chinese friends, Indian friends, their families leave because there's too much competition within the country and there's not much growth and development. So uh, the, the first move to Canada, to the, sorry, from Canada to the US was more to my parents. But my move to go to China was more deliberate and really based on me wanting to see life, experience life in a different culture, to do things a little differently and not be so comfortable um, in knowing if I stay in one place, I can sort of map the future. I want to just throw things, throw things to the wind and say, let me see how things turn out. That was really worth risking college. So uh, it would be really difficult for moving from one country to see another. Like you would have so much attachment from your friends, your relatives and all. Right? I disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree. Because especially today, just like you and I are talking right now, you are thousands of kilometers away from me. And we're talking now in real time. It's just like doing fa FaceTime with your friend who lives around the corner. So people now, families, friends can stay attached much easier. If you go back 10 years, I had to do an international phone call. Now, I can use one of many apps to communicate with you, not just by audio, by voice, but through camera. So it's very, very easy to stay in contact. Now, I think there's more of a challenge when you, you actually move somewhere. And I'll tell you why. To really go abroad and to stay there, meaning you're going more than just on a, on a, on a visitor's uh, visa, meaning you're not gonna be there more than three months. Well, you, I'm sorry, you want to be there more than three months. Typically, you have to have the proper paperwork to remain in the country. And that comes through typically education or work, which means that a good way for people to go abroad is going through the current company. The company may have them on assignment abroad for a couple of years or going to a university um, in another country. Those are the two main ways to get abroad. Without those, it's very difficult to get abroad and really be able to stay stay abroad without having to come back due to the fact you don't have a work visa or, or you know, a student visa. So it's challenging in finding a way to go abroad, but the transition with your family and friends, it's not that difficult because you can still, it's still relatively easy to stay in contact. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. So Colin, can you share with us some of your thoughts and experiences and insights on the current state of racial harmony in China and United States? Well, I, I can start with China because in China, and I'm, I'm gonna answer the question strictly talking about race. Race meaning the color of your skin, your ethnicity. There really isn't any well, let me correct that. There is racial discrimination in pockets in China, but not on a large scale. There are some cities that treat Africans very, very bad. I'm not gonna lie about that. On a whole, and maybe I'm comparing this to things in the US, on a whole, I have not felt a lot of racist things. I felt discrimination, but not necessarily racism here. So I think that in China, because the vast majority of people here are Chinese, one race, you don't see it as much. People may discriminate against you uh, due to your country of origin, but it has a lot more to do with country of origin than it does 
the, 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 the color of your skin. However, in the U.S., as you know, that's very, very different. In the U.S., there is a lot of racial discrimination, racial injustice, primarily due to the color of your skin and the stereotypes that people have about people from certain places and skin color. I think to answer the state of racial harmony and discrimination in the U.S., it's in a very bad place right now, a very, very bad place. Uh, some people may believe that with George Floyd, people became aware and you saw a major movement globally of people really wanting to help help African-Americans or people of color in, in the U.S. fight that racism, fight discrimination. But what's happening now with the empathy that people had is being drowned out. It's being drowned out by other things. The U.S. election and the aftermath is getting louder than the empathy people had for racial injustice. And my concern is six months from now, things are going to be almost back to where they were. So I think the state of racial injustice in the U.S. is in a very, very bad place. There was also a study performed on some kids, like who were uh, black. So they said that uh, the study said, ask them which color is good, white or black, and they answered, black is bad, white is good. So this thing is that that the small children who are also facing these type of issues and are also going towards this discrimination and stereotype. Well, you have to understand. Yeah, but you have to understand that this is done on purpose. Children are conditioned from a very, very young age to have that view. So, if you think about one of the first things young kids do, is they start watching TV. If you watch TV, you think about cowboy movies. In cowboy movies, the villain, the bad person, always dresses in black. The hero dresses in white. If you think about when they talk about heaven and the angels, the angels white, white halos, always wearing white. So from a very, very young age, kids globally are conditioned to believe that white is better, that white is right. And thankfully now, we're seeing more diversity in TV, in media. But kids, you know, from when I was a kid growing up, you always had that image on TV that shows the white characters being of higher moral, more having higher morals than the people of color. So I think it's been done on purpose. It's being addressed now, and I think in time and time and time, things will get better. But I, I know very much about that study, and it was sad. It, it, was, it was very, very sad. But the parents at home must help, uh, must help by reinforcing the positive attributes of people of color and letting their kids see people that look like them doing great things. And this thinking starts from the parents. Parents should tell the children that both colors are equal. There is no difference between the two. That this, it is yeah, just a it, way of seeing. Yeah, and I think parents, it's, it's difficult because parents can say that all they want, but the kids have to see it. Because if not, the, the kids may just think the parents are just talking junk, right? So the kids have to see it, have to be reinforced. And that's why people are pushing that we stop, we stop whitewashing movies. For example, characters on TV who are not white are being portrayed by white people, right? They're, so we have to make sure that society on a whole is it's acting like people are equal. You can't just have parents saying that and not seeing it. So parents have to, um, you know, take take 
you know, be involved in the kids' school. When kids go to school, are they being educated the right way? Is there enough information on people of color in American history, in world history? Right now, if you think about world history, world history, you can go back thousands of years in Europe. You can go back probably thousands of years in India. You can't do that in Africa because people have not told the stories. So I think that it takes a lot. And I think the younger generation now have their eyes opened and are being more proactive in really understanding the history. Advice would you like to give to the ones who are facing racial discrimination? Keep your keep your head up, keep your chin up. Um, things will get better. The, the only advi- the advice I would give is to ring the alarm. If you are being discriminated against, not just based on race, based on gender, based on sexual orientation, based on religion, based on anything, if you're being discriminated against, raise sure you officially report it so it's logged. You want to have a you want to have a transcript or record that says you have raised this concern. If you're at a university, make sure you go you go to the to, to the vice student affairs and make sure you let it be known. Wherever you are, make sure that you are officially letting people know what's taking place. Because I guarantee you, it was happening to you. It's happening to other people as well. And the more and more people who let people know what's taking place, at some point, somebody will say, okay, let's take a look at this. And that history that says this has been reported, but nobody made a change. That's what's going to help make change. So, uh, you know, I, I want to say something like, hey guys, don't worry, it's going to be okay. But look, I've lived in the U.S. almost all my life. It's not that easy. And I don't think things are going to change right away. So just keep your head up, keep your chin up, and let people know what's taking place. Yeah, absolutely. I would also like to say that if you want to, uh, if you're facing race, racial discrimination, then you should talk about racist experiences with others. You should share your feelings and most importantly, lean on your friends and family. Am I right, Colin? That is great. Yes, you, you are totally correct. I'm going to go further. I'm going to say if you are witnessing somebody who is being discriminated against, and we know that people have sat back and watched sort of turned the eye to people being discriminated against based on race, based on different different attributes. If you see that, you also can take a part in raising the alarm and giving that person the support. You'd be surprised in how just just letting somebody know that you're aware of what's taking place and you want to help, how how much how better that will make them feel. So become an ally, right? Become an, it's not an ally, excuse me, become an ally of the person. So, Colin, what are your views on the death of American hip-hop artist, George Floyd? Well, George Floyd wasn't a hip-hop artist. Um, he, he was, well, maybe he was, he wasn't hip-hop, I, I don't know that he was a hip-hop artist, but his, his death, well, I think his death impacted the whole country, the whole world. Because for being a person of color in the United States, if, if somebody would have told me what took place to him, with him without a video, I would have said, I wouldn't have said anything because it happens so often. It's just another story, sad to say. However, because there was a video, and I got to tell you, that was my first time watching a man die, you know, in real life. I watched that video one time. I watched it one time only. I could not watch it again. 
because it was just that moving. And I think that other people seeing that, you could not unwatch it. Now I say other people, I mean, people who are not of color, white Americans, white people all over the world, when they saw that, they had to, the conscious made them have to do something. If you think about the protests that took place in, in Paris, in, 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 in Germany, these weren't started by people of color. They were started by citizens of that country who just said, you know what, this is wrong. I just can't turn the page or turn the channel. So I think that George Floyd's death really was the spark. Some say the spark that lit this thing or the, the final straw, right? The final straw on the camel's back, the broke the camel's back. But I think that, that George Floyd, sadly, his death, well, sadly, his death could not be taken back. And I think, again, I, I, my, my hope is that people don't lose the empathy for what's taking place. I hope that the headlines don't get in front of what's really taking place because things are starting to slow down. And I just hope that his death and the video was not was, was, was not for a short time period as far as people have empathy and trying to make change. Absolutely. Like when you said that, you also watched a video a video one time. I know. Like I was not able to just see the thing. It was so brutal. And like there was no words for me to say. Yeah, so, and you know what? It's, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, it's interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. You say it was so brutal. You are correct. It was so brutal and so calm at the same time. Calm, brutal in that, you know, the people were pleading, pleading with the police officer to not kill the guy. And calm in how the police officer just stayed calm the entire time. I was so shocked that another human could so calmly, so calmly kill somebody else in cold blood and not feel a thing. So that was a very moving video and you know, again, I hope that at the end of this movement, that change, long-standing change, really does take place, and it is embedded into the country, not just fleeting. Absolutely. So, Colin, you were in China during the initial coronavirus outbreak. How was your experience there? I'm sure it would really be a tough time. My experience with the coronavirus being in ground zero here in China when it took when it took place, when it, when it came out, and at the time it came out in late January, we didn't have any examples, meaning we couldn't go on the news and see what this is about and what to do, whereas other countries could see what ha what's happening in China and plan accordingly. Having said that, and this may sound strange, my experience my family experience has been great. What I mean is, in the first few weeks, first few months, we were inconvenienced due to the restrictions. We couldn't go outside as much. We couldn't get things to our door. We had to adjust our lifestyle. But nobody we know died. Nobody that we know in China got sick. Right now, there are very few restrictions within China. So our lifestyle is not impacted right now and the reason I say we had a great experience is because I compare that our experience to experience people in other countries are having in, in the United States people are dying today 
they have over 100,000 new cases a day. In India, India, I think the second leading country now for cases, if I'm not correct. So I see, I see people in other areas who are having a much tougher time than we did here. Again, we had to adjust our lifestyles, but after two or three, four months, it was gone. When I say gone, we had in, in Shanghai, there were three new cases, um, I want to say two days ago. If you compare that three new cases to other countries, that is nothing. Now, now I know people say that is nothing. So relatively speaking, we're doing great. We're doing fine. Our thoughts go to people in other countries that are suffering, whether it be physical suffering, mental suffering, or financial suffering. That's where our thoughts go. And how, and how are you doing? How, how are you doing? How, how are you doing there? Uh, like here, everything is just like uh, our prime minister is unlocking everything now after the lockdown. But there's a sudden increase in the cases. So let's see what happens. But we are just maintaining social distancing and taking some measures that we should take. And, and are you free to go outside and go to school or things like that? Not the school. Online, but uh, we can go outside. We can just go outside. Theaters are closed right now. Schools are closed, but everything else is just running. Okay, great. So, Colin, you are the founder of Life Coaching Business. What uh, was that living force which led you start this initiative? <laughs> so the question is, what was the, the driving force that got me into life coaching? Yeah. I want to say I had I had a conversation with myself and, and I do this often and I said to, I said to myself not out loud in my head I, I asked myself when I'm in retirement and enjoying retirement and I look back on my life what would my regrets be what would I say you know what if I could have done it over again and I did not want to have that I wanted to be able to say I'm glad I tried this even if it didn't work, I'm glad I tried. So my thing is motivating people, inspiring people to do better, whatever that may be, whatever doing better means to them. And to do better means you have a goal that you're going after. I love, I love talking to people and trying to motivate them. When I thought about coaching, I said, I can try to motivate people and inspire them, but I don't think that's permanent. I think people lose motivation. How can I help people to really reach their goal? Not just say, Coach Colin, here my, here's a goal. I want to improve my life by doing this so that I can do this. That's part of it. It's very easy to identify what your goals are. The challenge though, is taking that first step. And once you take, the, once you take that first step, continuing to go. You may go fast, you may go slow, but continuing to go, keep going, keep going, keep going. So when I, when I thought about what I would regret or not regret doing, I would regret just motivating and inspiring and not help, truly helping people. So I decided to understand how I better can help people long-term and that's through coaching because coaching allows me to work with a client from day one through until they reach their goal. Not hand-holding, but keeping them accountable, keeping them motivated. When they're feeling a little down and, and losing their own motivation or losing their inspiration, not inspiring them, but helping them remember what they're trying to accomplish and helping them get going again. 
and that's what coaching did to me. So I decided to to bet on myself, so to speak, to have confidence that I could do this. One thing I learned a long time ago is in this world, you can get paid to make a living doing almost anything. So in my case, if I could get paid on a living, coaching, training, motivating, inspiring, that's what I want to do. Now, it might not work, okay? It might not work, but I'm going to try and I am trying. So that's what got me into coaching. And it's been a very interesting journey thus far. It's really an ideal idea. Like, what's motivating people? You're showing the path to the people on which they can work on. And that is really right. a super thing. So thank you so much, Colin, for being on the show. It was an exciting conversation with you. I'm sure many people learned some positive outlooks of the life. At last, I want to just say that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. A beautiful saying by Martin Luther King. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please don't forget to share the episode with your dear and dear ones to spread the awareness. Do follow me on Instagram for all recent updates. Link in the description. Follow Colin on all possible social media platforms. Links are in the description. See you all again next to today with with a new topic. For now, bye bye.